Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Fourth Down Focus, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I am Dan Lundy, host of the podcast and founder of Fourth Down University, a company focused on the training and development of kickers, punters, snappers, and coaches. We're back, and we're better than ever. All eyes are back on the gridiron, and what a start it's been to this football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all NFL and college football action this fall. With a new website and even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Episode 52 of the podcast welcomes Dr. Tracy Davenport. She is returning to the show. Um, Dr. Davenport is a human development expert. Her mission is simple, to help people achieve lifestyle performance at the highest level. Davenport has worked with thousands of college athletes, helping them achieve health and performance goals. Today's show will focus on the seven false narratives of sleep, how to deconstruct these narratives, and ultimately how to put them back together to work for us. Um, I also want to stress at the end of the show, Dr. Tracy will share the most efficient and effective way to get a hold of her. We're going to breeze through these seven, and I imagine you're going to want to have some questions. So please take note at the end of how to get a hold of her. She's going to give you a couple options. Tracy, it is an honor to have you back on the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing super great, and I'm, I'm really excited, Dan. We're going to pull back the curtain. We're going to talk to parents, players, or coaches today. And I'm going to introduce them to a skill that is incredibly powerful, not only for their players, but I used this skill myself um, last year to buy a second home. Um, it's a way you can really increase your performance. Um, it's a change process. It's about challenging these limited beliefs that we have. And I speak to thousands of college athletes, and a lot of them have like seven common living beliefs around sleep. So not only are you going to hear the limiting beliefs that they have to help meet your college athlete or high school athlete where they are, but you're also going to, we're going to demonstrate the process of deconstructing and then rebuilding these. So what you're going to learn today is going to be really, really helpful to you personally. And I think also to your athletes. I brought you back on because of how the, the response I got, you know, it was just people were fascinated, but what I've learned in getting to know you better since then was that you know you're an expert in sleep sure but sleep is is an essential component for success in every phase of your life everyone's life and everything so um it's it's kind of it's i think it's limiting to almost call you or or refer to you as a sleep expert but it, you're an expert in sleep which is essential um so we're going to spend four to five minutes at max on each of these 
again, so we're going to breeze through. I imagine some questions will be quicker than others. Um, I want to ask you about each of these seven false narratives, beginning with false narrative number one, which is, quote unquote, I can operate on four hours of sleep. Uh, what I want to ask you is, and seeing that when I read that, because you sent me this before the show, is I was going to ask you how many hours of sleep a day should athletes be sleeping? And what about everybody else, uh, coaches, parents, siblings, just what what would you suggest is is where we should go with this? So the first thing I would do is let's go back to that, you know, that process of limiting beliefs. So the interesting thing about limiting beliefs is that sometimes they're true and partially true, which is kind of challenging. So this is one that's partially true. And we'll talk about that. Um, you know, you and I were talking pre-show about Justin Tucker and most likely Justin Tucker didn't go around telling himself that you know, nobody can kick a 66 yard field goal. You know, I imagine that he's a master at deconstructing limited ideas and then rebuilding them in a bigger way. And so, yes, maybe you can operate on four hours. Maybe that's partially true, but you can't operate safely and not at your best. It's like drunk driving. You know, you, you think you can do it, but you tell your, you know, you tell yourself you're fine, but we really aren't. Um, so as an athlete, you want to do more than just operate. You want to reach your highest given potential, right? So if you're thinking you can operate at your peak level of performance after four to six hours of sleep, that's a false narrative, okay? What is true is that you need about eight hours of sleep a night or more, um, probably closer to 10 if you have a heavy school or sport workload, double practices, uh, calculus, discrete math, whatever, you're going to need even more sleep. So once again, you have to take that thought, you have to kind of examine it. Is this true? Well, it's only partially true. And then you blow it apart and then you have to rebuild it and reprogram your brain in a different way. We're going to talk about Justin Tucker probably on a few of these. So I'm going to save him. But I, I love what you said. And before the show, before the record button was hit, you know, like always, the best stuff is there. And, and you and I were talking about some fascinating things. And it's sometimes it's a simple matter of realizing initially that everything is a perception. Like, I mean, everything is really I mean, you have it's your perception. And, and it's selfish to think that that is the that's that's the best way to see something or anything for that matter. So. And I know that's kind of off subject, but it really isn't because it's relatable to all of this. If we really acknowledge on each of these that we see we have a false narrative, it may not be exactly what I quote, but it's something similar and it's something that's pulling you away from being your best. So I'm going to get into the next one. Time. Time is valuable. And we talked about it on the last show uh, how valuable a resource time is. You can't really put a price tag on it, but it is priceless. And I think that people most often have heard people like you who are trying to help, especially if you if you play high level college football, you're going to talk to someone who knows something about sleep and the value of it. I dis I disregarded it though, right? I said, well, I know what you're saying, but Tracy, like tomorrow I have a really really light day, so today I'm going to go hard today. Uh, I'm going to do four hours sleep sleep tonight, but I'll make up for a three hour nap tomorrow. Can you explain the false narrative of I will just take a nap tomorrow? Naps. Let me just throw out here, naps are great. Naps are absolutely great. But deep sleep versus lighter sleep, it performs two different things for us. So this deep REM sleep plays a critical role in not only protecting our brain from developing Alzheimer's, 
but improving our procedural memory, you know, that's step one, step two, step three, how you learn that, and also muscle recovery. In your world, you know, we really know that sleep can be a tool to reduce inflammation, which leads to muscle recovery. So while naps can be really helpful for our moods and give our bodies a break from gravity and the stresses of the day, REM sleep takes about 60 to 90 minutes to achieve to even get into REM sleep, you know, in a good way. So naps are great, but you're not gonna achieve this really powerful REM sleep. So once again, the false narrative is taking naps and sleeping at night, you know, taking naps is okay. Sure, it's okay, it's only partially true. But the real thing that you wanna concentrate on is I need eight hours during the night for my body to accomplish what it needs to help me perform at the highest level. So once again, you've got to blow it apart and you've got to rebuild it in a way that's true and supportive of your highest performance. I don't think that they're doing and they as in, I played for a national championship team. We had really, really good care. We, in fact, most of the healthcare the Dolphins received, they gave to us as well. Um, like I went to a, the Dolphins ortho, orthopedic surgeon for several things. And my point to this is I went to a doctor yesterday and it was not something related to this, but she knows what I do for a living. And she's a football fan. And she was talking to me about sleep. And it was weird. I was like, I have a show today and yada, yada. But what she said was alarming. And I couldn't wait to tell you, <laughs> but I let her go with it. I let her go with it. But I was like, that, that, that is so awful. And that's so wrong, but I, I'm not, I'm not in the place to correct my, my physician on something. Right. Right. She said that REM sleep doesn't occur until four hours in. So if I was told that in college, my point is there's no way in heck I would have, I would, I would have, I don't know. I, I wouldn't have even given that a chance, but you said, Hey man, get an hour and a half in and get that what you need. And then what you need is about six consecutive of that. And if you'd have told me a plan and gone to the second level with it, I would have done it at university of Miami. However, all the person that UM said was, Hey, uh, try to get eight hours. Okay. Eight hours a day. Okay, bud. And, you know, gives you a tap on the butt and let's go onto the field. And I'm like, I'm not doing eight hours. Like you didn't really explain why it was important. You know, you just told me it was important. Well, and, and stop right there for a second. You know, that's kind of the whole point of this second podcast right now is you and I are trying to, as usual, take all this to the next level and, you know, telling our young people, whether they're college, high school, assistant coaches, you know, which are probably the worst of vendors, telling them, hey, you need eight hours. It's not an effective strategy. It's just like me telling you, hey, Dan, you need to exercise. Hey, Dan, you eat, need to eat more fruit, fruits and vegetables. Well, if you're a truck driver on the road all the time, how does that actually work for you? You know, so when we're helping people make big life changes, which adjusting your sleep is a huge life change, we have to be good listeners. We have to be good observers. Where are you right now? And when I talk to college students, the best part of my life is when the coaches get to sit in the back and I get to ask the young people, what's keeping you up at night? And you have to hear what they're saying. And now we have to take that and we have to deconstruct it. And you gave several examples of that last show of, of ways to begin deconstructing, like putting the ball in your court per se with things that are going to be hard now. Like you said, you know, your sons when they were younger would not be allowed to bring their phone upstairs. Yep. And they slept upstairs. So there was clearly like multiple steps to get to the phone. So it didn't occur. And then, you know, you, you warmed up to the thought of it because you saw how effective it was. Correct. Right. Compared to your peers. And that, and that, and that's why your sons are six, six and six, five. And, you know, they grew like weeds. <laughs> uh, 
and, and I, pro I probably would be 6'3", which is unfortunate, you know, because I really never was pushed. I was always told. And with me, I was always a kid that needed to be told why, which is why I coach the way I do. Yes. You know? Yeah. Um, but I want to lead in and I kind of teased it, right? So false narrative number three is time in my life is limited. I must live it to its fullest. Oh, I, 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 yeah. I teased that, right? I just yeah. kind of said I was putting myself in college and I'm going to tell you, yes, Tra Tracy, like it was very important that I knew or tried to meet at least every girl on campus. Okay. Yes. Yeah, you know, I really, I, I really want, I, you know, but I, I was picky <laughs> because I was picky, right? Because right. I was picky. I right. want to make sure that if I was going to date someone, I want to know that, you know, I met everybody right yeah, now. Yes. I, no, but in all seriousness, like girls were important. My friends were important um just everything I'd, I'd never been to this Miami before I'd, I'm from a small town and I'm in Miami now oh there's what's South Beach that's pretty cool the Keys hmm I'm gonna go, I'm gonna, I'm, <laughs> it's an hour away and then oh, and then right. and then I got real lucky and my roommate one year was like hey I have a boat and we can go to Bimini in the Bahamas it's 45 minutes away I'm like all right well so th so there are distractions and I wanted to give you my distractions and my my things were important and obviously they, they held more value than I think sleep took most of the beating and things I knew were valuable, but I kind of disregarded. Um, can you go into that? Not just for you. It, it's culturally. All right, let's work. Let's let's work hard right now. OK, because this is a practice. This is hard work. This is hard work, like holding the ball the correct way. Right. Anytime you have a skill that you're going to get better at, you got to pull up your sleeves, man, and you got to do the work. So here's the work saying that time is limited and I have to live it to its fullest, those two ideas don't go together. So go ahead and just separate them right now. Um, while you know, time is certainly limited that we have on this earth or on our college team or in the Keys or with our high school friends, you're not gonna be able to live those experiences that time to its fullest if you're not getting the sleep that your body and your mind desperately need. And what's even more interesting is that you're not gonna be able to remember the good times as well if you don't sleep, because when we sleep, we also encode these memories. So on an amazing day in the Keys, catching amazing fish, hanging out with the girls, if you come home from that at a decent hour and you get a good night's sleep, it's, it's possible you're gonna encode that memory forever. So not only does that live with you for that day, but that memory can live with you forever. So. What is true is that time in your life is limited. That's true. But by sleeping and performing at the top, you're going to make the most of the time that you have. See, it's all about blowing it apart, looking at each aspect of each idea, and then rebuilding it. It's work, Dan. It's work. Just like the skills you teach your players. You got to work the stuff. But I'm telling you, it's powerful, and it brings you up. It's eye-opening and I, I'll let you go into it later if someone wants to ask you but what really is eye-opening is the the coding and and at half you got to sleep effectively to let your brain retain things especially for long-term purposes but it also affects the short-term stuff right like where did I put my keys the, the sequencing of getting up in the morning I bet people are harder to get prepped and ready and out the door uh, I bet if they had a good night's sleep, that happens less. Um, dotting I's and crossing T's, which you just said what I do for a living. 
the expectations I have my athletes, I think it's almost impossible for them to get everything out of what I want to do in two hours in a football field. If they don't have, if they're not a hundred percent, both physically and mentally. Right. Um, so this is awesome. Uh, I want to talk to you more, maybe off air about the coding and the, and the memory and, and ultimately, and we talked about in the last show, the memory loss long-term. Yeah. I was going to say that, you know, there's a reason that Alzheimer's is associated with sleep deprivation. You know, you see what gets impacted is memory. So we can do a lot of memory tests where somebody gets a good night's sleep. They're going to remember things better than somebody who doesn't get a good night's sleep. So you want to remember these amazing times with your friends, go to bed and it's going to be with you forever. So that's where you just got to pull these things apart. Do the work, man. Look at it. Sit by yourself. Is that really true? Is that true? You know, and that will really help you get to the next level. That incentivizes it for me because I want to remember my kids right now. Like these things, these yep. things that they're doing, my, my five-year-old just lost her second front tooth. She looks like a hockey player, Jack Lambert, <laughs> you know, uh, my, yeah. my two-year-old is just, she's incredible. Like they're just so fun. She's starting to release like put together sentences, you know, yes. the dog took my raisin. I'm like, <laughs> what? And then, so I knew what happened. It was a dog, you know, yeah. but, um, I guess my, my point is like, I think that we're getting better. My, my wife keeps me up to date on a lot of like, you know, like the, the child development things that I, I need to be aware of. And yes. I think that we acknowledge, and my wife is big on structure of sleep, you know, like when our girls go down, when they get up. Oh, yeah. the, the, That's a gift, a gift that you're giving them. Yeah. The window of time that my two-year-old must go down you're right in the middle of the day um and, and we try to we try to keep it consistent with what she does during the week when she's at daycare but my point is i think that like now that my daughter's in kindergarten my older one now she has no nap all of a sudden and now her day just turned into like a 12 hour consecutive day with no sleep and she's really not doing that at all anymore right so now we're seeing some irritability like we're seeing something that some things we've never seen out of her before and I think it's directly related to the shift in her sleep pattern in the last year. Yes. Yeah. And, and the younger they are, the more sleep they need. You know, that's, that's actually, that's actually number four, you know, that, that false narrative of we're young, you know, we're in high school. We're like, we don't need as much sleep. Right. That's, that's such a common, you know, when I'm speaking to 18, 19, 20 year olds, oh man, we can burn it at both ends. We're young. Yeah. Right. But that's, that's the opposite's true. You know, for your daughters, toddlers need 10 to 14 hours of sleep a day. Teens need between eight to 10 hours, which is, you know, a little more than a, an older adult. So younger people needing less sleep is simply a false narrative. Um, what is true, if you're growing and developing, um, you're learning new skills, growing taller, or putting on more muscle, um, you need even more sleep than the average person your age. So when you're working with athletes, you have to explain to them, you're not like Joe down the street that's not playing a sport. You're in a different category. Therefore, your needs are different. So yeah, you know, we had a rule for our kids in high school. Um, I think it was a good one. They, I'm sure they disliked it, but um, we only allowed them to go out. They could choose which night they could go out, Friday night or Saturday night with their friends. The other night, they would be home with us. And what was very interesting about that time is that every, every night that they didn't choose to go out either Friday or Saturday, they'd be on the couch prone, like eight o'clock at night, 
watching Seinfeld, exhausted, absolutely exhausted from sports and AP classes. And it was as if we had to provide that structure though, that they were allowed to not do anything for 16 hours. You know, and so many kids feel so much pressure. And my husband and I were like, let us take the bus here. Let us get run over by the truck. You're not allowed to go out the other night. And it was a pushback. But then I would just watch them absolutely exhausted on the couch and feeling like this is the right thing. They shouldn't be behind the wheel of a car right now. They shouldn't be driving across the highway this tired. You know, it's my job to get them to a certain age. And that was part of my job, even though it wasn't fun. This is an uphill battle because I see it. I see it, uh, I, you know, in 12 years of co uh, coaching high school football, you know, I coach my position groups uh, in special teams, but even like the line and I, I, I learn like families and just their, their, their dynamics and how they handle things. And you're right. Like if it was a big win and it was Friday night and it was an away game in Orlando, that wasn't a return home to the high school until probably 1130. And then these parents would let these kids go out for an hour or two that evening, you know, like, so like, it's crazy to me. So they're getting, they're getting home at, I imagine, or hope, I, I never really knew that part of it, but I'm hoping they get home at like 1.30, doubt it. Okay, so, so think that they've been up since 5.30, 6 a.m. if they're in high school, 5.30 or 6 that morning, they were up. And now parents are letting them drive the car after 11 p.m. We know the space shuttle Challenger, you know, that was based on sleep deprivation. We know Chernobyl, we know the train wreck on the Hudson. You know, you can't put your head in the sand here when we're talking about our young inexperienced drivers now being sleep deprived after 11 o'clock on the road with 15 or 16 hours a day behind them in terms of quick decision-making across the highway. Um, we live in a rural area here. Our kids jump from our farm lane to Route 213. It's a state route that, that goes interstate. I have to know that their brains are rested enough that they're not going to pull out in front of a truck. And number one killer of young people is car accidents, right? Sure. So sleep, it has a major impact on their ability to process quickly. So yeah, I mean, to say that you're young and don't need much sleep, it's just a completely false narrative. And we can't keep putting our eggs in that basket and believing it to be true when it's absolutely false. And there's no scientist that's gonna argue with me. So now it's a matter of changing the culture, which I believe will have to begin in the household. And you're gonna to have to part, have a partner that like your wife is supportive. Yes, yeah, sleep's important. And we're gonna take some pushback here but I think my kids will still be talking to me when they're 18 and they leave home. I hope they'll, you know, I'm so grateful my father had a bedtime for us. I'm so grateful for that. And I'm 58. They'll never, they'll never forget it. I don't believe, you know, I, I do believe they'll never forget, you know, they'll never forget what you taught them. So teach them to take care of themselves, teach them to go against the grain. I guess the best way I can say it. It's, it's wild. You say that because, uh, I credit my mom and dad for a lot, but I think that, you know, we all can get better in things. And I think the one area of improvement, my family could have, we could have acknowledged this very thing that we're all poor sleepers to this day. And we were poor sleepers. Now looking back, thinking about our habits and it was some, not something that any of us really even acknowledged was a problem. 
we, we know more now. We know more. Sure. We know more through microtechnology. We know more about the brain. We know more because of Alzheimer's research. I mean, you know, everybody was smoking then too. Like, we just know more now. And so we have to act differently now. But isn't that, isn't that being a little nice? Because I don't, what, what my point is, is I don't see much of a difference to when I was teaching and coaching. I think parent, parents treated the same way that I was treated. We might know more now, but I don't think that it's trickled down to, the, you know, where it should in homes. Yeah, I agree with you, but I agree that, you know, the pressure is real. And once again, you know, if we're going to help students, we have to help parents. We have to under help parents understand the pressure that you're experiencing is real. When your child says, every single person is going out tonight, but me, you know what that feels like? I know what it feels like because I had two of them, right? My kids are good looking, athletic. Yeah, I know what it looks like when you say, no, you went out last night and tonight you're not going to go to the party. Tonight you're going to be on the couch watching Seinfeld. I know what that feels like, Dan, but we have to look long term. What do we want for our children? We want a healthy life for them. We don't want them to have Alzheimer's and we have to pay a small price. I see it as a small price short term when they're in high school and then hopefully they can manage themselves in college and understand, you know, this is, this is real. This is big time. So you got to be tough as a parent. You got to put your shield up and you have to say, I love you this much that I'm not going to let you on the road tonight. You're exhausted, my friend. That's how much I love you. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough being a parent. That leads in perfectly to the false narrative. Number five is in fact, the fear of missing out. That it's not just, um, it's not just kids missing out on like going out with their peers in high school. It's adults. It's young kids uh, who really need the guidance from parents. It's the parents, it's the coaches, right? Um, Cause coaches get distracted as well. There's great examples and I don't want to go into that, but college coaches have lost big time jobs because of distractions, the fear of missing out. And they should have probably been sleeping because they've, they need that. If anyone needs to make the right decisions, it's the college coaches, right? Like, they, yeah. th their job is is day to day. Sometimes uh, I got to win tomorrow. And if you're not a hundred percent and you're thinking, you're probably not going to make all those important decisions that lead to a win. So my point is, could you expound on, on the false narrative five of, uh, you know, I, I might miss something important if I leave this party or if I leave this conversation on my, on my, uh, on my phone too early. Yeah. Oh my goodness. You know, this is what I, I just try to spend as much time as possible when I'm talking to a college team about this, and there's even an acronym for this, it's so real, it's F-O-M-O, -O, the fear of missing out, right? Um, we really have to take our time with this when we're talking about our young people because there's both true and false aspects to this narrative. Um, the true part is that you might miss something important if you leave early, it's true. You know, somebody might talk about you, you might hear about something, you know, some jam that's going on next weekend that, you know, if you're not right there, you know, you're not gonna hear it. But we know you're going to be missing out on the good stuff and you're going to be missing out on the bad stuff. And I think, you know, one thing that helped my confidence with this is one time my youngest son, he got up in the morning and, you know, I told you our phone sleep downstairs and he turned on his phone and he looked at it and he kind of chuckled and he said, you know, I'm sometimes I hate that we have to turn our phones off at night, but sometimes I look at my phone in the morning and I'm glad I missed all the drama. So what you're going to find is that when you turn your phone off at night, yeah, you do miss some stuff. But 
you also miss some stuff, which is some good, good thing to do. You know, it's okay to miss. My mom used to say, it's okay to miss something once in a while, you know, like you got to have the confidence and your listeners, you know, I was thinking about with your listeners are probably the smartest bunch of kids there are out there, right? They're such high achievers, you know, specialists are just such a unique, smart group of people. I guarantee you, whatever they miss the night before, they're going to be clear the next day. They're going to be able to sort through. This was important. This was not important. I don't really care about this. This is fixing itself, right? And they're going to promise you, you're going to get the information you need in the morning and you're going to catch right up. So yeah, you're going to miss out on some stuff. Some stuff it's okay. You're going to miss out on the other stuff. You're going to be able to catch up. You're going to be clear. You're going to be able to rock and roll at a really fast rate. So um, it's false is that it's so important that you need to stay up to catch everything. And one of the things I tell these college teams, don't send group text messages after 10 o'clock at night. Don't do it. You know, when there's a power differential, and this is what people under, need to understand about a power differential. If you're a freshman, whether you're a high school freshman or college freshman or new on a job, assistant coach, you have a fear that maybe if I, I'll lose my job or I'll lose my position, if I don't check that phone at 1 a.m., that's just torturous for people. And let's not play into that game. Let's tell if you're a coach, hey, you don't ever need to check your phone for me because I'm not going to send you anything after 10 o'clock. I'm smart enough. I can schedule on my phone. Or if I remember something at 10 o'clock and I send it out, it's not up to you to check it until 7 a.m. Don't be on your phone. In fact, I don't want to see that you checked it after 10. So we have structures that we can do that we don't put people in bad spots, you know? So if a captain sends out something at 1 a.m., are they expecting me to look at it? Well, don't send it to me at 1 a.m. and expect a response, right? So we need to really help people, again, provide them tools for healthy communication. And healthy communication isn't after 10 or 11 at night. Well, send it if you want, but please don't expect a response, you know? Couldn't agree more. And it's, it, it goes beyond football because I, you know, I used to work in a school setting and my principal would send me something at 1030 at night. Oh, we have some guests coming tomorrow. Do you think you could set up these kids at the front office, uh, you know, call the ROTC teacher, get the flag set up. And I'm thinking in my head, I'm, I, I don't know. There's a lot I was thinking in my head. I don't want to go into yeah, detail, yeah. but when I, I yeah. think, I think my point was that, it, that the coaching example is great and it starts from the top, like anything. So it, yes. start, it starts with the principal, it starts with the coach, starts with the parent, right? Um, we, we have to blow these things up and evaluate what makes sense, what's rational. Oh, so if the parent starts putting the practices in, the kid might, after time, especially young, be impressionable, right? And do these yes. things. So you're right. Um, so I, you know, I read these in, in six, uh, false narrative number six, it just simply said, TikTok feels good. And <laughs> I think I know where you're going to go with this, but I didn't yeah. ask you on purpose because I wanted you to explain number right. six, TikTok feels right. good. Right. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I had an opportunity to speak to a D1 men's basketball team. And we were talking about things, you know, ideas that keep you up at night. And one guy just simply said, well, TikTok feels good. And I'm like, okay, you know, let's, let's work on that one for a minute. So <laughs> Social media, right? Like it's designed <laughs> to make you feel good, right? Let's let's be honest. That's that's what it's all about. I mean, that's why they're trying to get all the clicks. It's supposed to make you feel good or you know, be controversial. So you click on it. Like 
there's a method to the madness. So um, it, when social media is keeping you up and it can be, a, you know, it can be a good escape and it can be relaxing, but the false part of this idea is that it only feels good for the moment. Social media is designed to quickly make you feel good, have a rush of endorphins, but long-term, the next day you're not gonna feel so good. And so you have to understand, I'm making very limited choices. You know, it's like sitting down, you know, before a game and eating pizza and Pop-Tarts, you know, with a, a Coke. So yeah, I mean, that feels good. It's a party in your mouth, right? <laughs> but then as you get out there to try to run sprints, it's not so good. And you have to look at that with social media. Yeah, man, it's a party. TikTok feels good. I follow animals on Instagram and it is so fun. I love when they rescue the dogs from the kennels and then they come home. I mean, I'm an animal lover. Like I love all that. You know what? At 11 o'clock at night, I, I'm not going to spend my time doing that because the next day I want to actually have a real life and a good life, right? A great life. So it feels good. But remember, it only feels good in the moment. So what's true is that getting a good night's sleep can help you feel good the next day and for a lifetime to follow. So once again, you take the false narrative, TikTok feels good. Yeah, TikTok feels good for the moment. You see, this is a practice, Dan. You have to, I do this on my bike. I mean, that's how I bought the second house. I took all my beliefs that were holding me back from buying a second home. I'd go out on my bike. I'd take each one blow it apart word by word. Is that true? Is that true? Is that true? Man, I did it until I was sitting at a house closing. <laughs> I am telling you, I am telling you, I did that last November. It was a practice, man. I took every one of my false beliefs that weren't supporting me in my next level up and I blew them apart. And that's what I'm, I'm trying to help your young people and your coaches take these ideas, blow them apart, take yourself to the next level. I want to draw a parallel because this is a special specialist focused or fourth down focus. So let me say it like this. I always stress that you're as good as your last kick, you know, like, but, but it's, it's how you handle the in-between that's going to bring it, bring it where it's going to go. You know, is it going to be a positive? Are we going to repeat that? Or are we going to get complacent or just, yeah, let things go. But what's dangerous is people think that you're only as good as your last post, Right. Uh, so once that goes away or it start, it stops getting likes or retweets and it, you see, it's kind of, you know, it's done its course. It's came and went it's off people's grid. Uh, you feel inclined to repopulate that grid with something equally as good. That takes a lot of time and effort and it's fleeting, right? There's no long-term reward to this, in my opinion. Yes. Yes. Boy, you could just stop right there. And then we have done our young people a huge favor. If anybody wants to replay any part of this podcast, listen to what Coach Lundy just said, because it's incredibly powerful. And we're seeing a lot of depression with our young people around social media. And you nailed it right there. And when people in your position can help educate around that, it's, it's huge. So yes, you're right. Because what you're saying is true. That's why I like talking to you really. It's first of all, it's acknowledging things, right? And some things we just, we need to be told, even though it's right in front of our face sometimes, which mm -hmm. is really frustrating, right? Yeah. But it's where, it's where our focus is and it could be right on our nose, you know, and it's unfortunate, but that's the purpose of the show and why I bring you on. Um, you challenge me, you challenge, I believe a lot of people that listen to this show to to start thinking differently about something that's really, really important and relates to everything in your life, yeah. as mentioned. Yes. Um, so the last 
false narrative. False narrative number seven is the nighttime is my only time to socialize or for the overachievers, which there are some overachievers. Some people, some people get their homework done. Like I I know there's some positive things, but is nighttime their only time? Yeah. So the first thing is that you do, let's just go through the process one more time is, is this a true story? You say it to yourself. Well, I can't get to bed till before midnight because the nighttime is my only time to see my friends. So you stop. Is this a true story or is it a story and a narrative that you've built and are familiar with, right? Because all these changes are uncomfortable. So a lot of these things that we're telling ourselves, they're familiar to us, but they're not necessarily true. So scheduling time to see friends and really kick back and and be with people is difficult. And you will attest to this and I will attest to this no matter where you are in your life. It's difficult to schedule time with friends, right? Because everybody's busy. But, you know, thinking that we can only have quality time with good friends in the middle of the night is really a false narrative and it's a very limiting belief. And if you're a student and an athlete, um, maybe ask a good friend who's not even a kicker to go to the park with you and throw you some snaps, a park they haven't seen before, which would probably be really fun for them, and then grab a bite to eat afterwards. You know, my son, bless his heart, Who's ever walking by, he'll grab them, take them to the park and do snaps with them, right? He's got more people at that park doing snaps. I mean, they're like the mailman's out there. He's just grabbing people, throwing them snaps, right? So go ahead, you know, grab a friend, have them take them to the park. Um, If you're working like I am, I, I know we've got some moms and dads listening, grab a friend to walk with you. You know, I have a group of five, five different, I have five different people on my schedule who I walk four miles with. We get our steps in, we solve all the world's problems, and then we can go right back to work, right? So grab a friend to walk with you. And then, you know, ask a friend to run an errand with you. You know, you have to go to uh, Walmart. I don't know. You got to go pick up vet food, you know, cat food at the farm store. I don't know what your life looks like. Grab a friend. Hey, man, I got to go to Dover next weekend. You want to ride along? Like, this is outdating thinking that we only have time to socialize from 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. That's like from the fifties, like we're not even there anymore. You know, that was our parents who had, you know, cocktail napkins and cigarette holders and nine to 11, this is what you did, right? Like, that's cool. Like, I'm glad that worked for them, but that doesn't work for me because I have to be in bed at 10 in order to function the next day at the level that I'm functioning. So, you know what, man, grab a friend. You're in college, grab a friend to go grab a bite with you. Do it at three o'clock in the afternoon. You're a young woman, man, go grab a cup of coffee, go really talk one-on-one and find out what's happening in your life. You don't have to go stand at a big party, you know, with people you really don't know and aren't connecting with and say that you've socialized that once again, that's a false narrative that society kind of puts on us. And I, I think it's time when it comes to our brain health, I think it's time to push back. I'm very, very lucky that I'm not afraid to push back because we have to be brave and we have to, we have to make a path ahead for the people that are behind us, for our young people. And so nighttime is not your only time to socialize. You know, you're going to be actually be a better friend. If you go to bed early, you can be more compassionate the next day. You can be more loving the next day. You can be more thoughtful the next day when your friend's telling you their problems. So Kind of get rid of that idea. Sure. Sometimes between 11 and one, you have an after game party, but don't make that your MO. Don't make that your habit. 
make your habit seeing your friends in a healthy time of day. You know, they say, if you wanna get a good night's sleep, plan your day. And that is so true. I, wow. I, I wanna say very quickly and tell me if I'm wrong. I know you've thought of this, but what I'm hearing when you, when you talk about false narrative seven is that people have made phones their friend throughout the day when they have to go do their their daily chores and errands and whatnot instead of going above and beyond and maybe setting up a schedule up like hey you know billy's off on mondays tears off on tuesdays etc and 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 spending time with people again right but it's easier much easier and more convenient and fun in the short term like we mentioned to just click on your phone. Yeah, you know, it, it's so true. One of the things that I find that young people need help with when it comes to sleep is not telling them to get a better night's sleep, but helping them schedule their day so they can have time for emotional work. They can have time for social work. They can have time for spiritual work. They can have time for academics and they can have time for sports because everybody as humans we need all of these aspects in our life. So if we're not spending a balanced day, then what I find is I have a student that at 10 o'clock at night will look at me and say, I haven't talked to a single person all day. I, I haven't seen any friends. This is my only time to see friends, right? So we can't beat those people up. That doesn't, beating people up does nothing for people. It drives them away. It certainly doesn't help them, support them and change. What we need to say is, yeah, I mean, people are important. You know, my girlfriends are my lifeline. They, they help me with every aspect of my life, right? But I have to be able to schedule time with them during the daytime. And it's like solving the Rubik's Cube because my girlfriends are all professionals. You know, getting it's like a Sunday morning at nine. It's a Tuesday evening at 530. I mean, you don't even know what it looks like trying to get us together. But it's important. And we have to be able to do this during a healthy time of the day. So. Yeah, so much to say about that. I think it's important. And that's that's eye-opening to me as well. There's a couple that just really, to me personally, it resonated with me. Um, and I know that's that's what's the beautiful thing. Or, or, or there's seven of them. And I'm sure one hit home with someone and it's going to change your life. They're going to go, ah, that's easy. That sounds like I can do that. I just didn't even really think about it like that. And I love what you said. I think what's most important is, yeah, it's easy to read these. But I think the essential thing is it's how do I change these? How do I deconstruct these? How do whatever verb you want to use, like how do I shift? I I, I love shift my focus, right? Like it's, yeah. typ it's it typically starts with where is yeah. my focus? Well, my yes, focus, yes, it, yes. Um, because it has to start there. If it, as mentioned, if it could be on the tip of your nose because your focus is elsewhere, and it could always be elsewhere until you really think about: is there or are there other ways of thinking about everything? Right? Does that right. just be open-minded, flexibility? You met right, adaptability. All these things that have to be present. Correct. Yeah, and then selfishly, hey, I'm all about selfish, right? Ah, is it yeah. helping me? I, they we're all selfish and I'm right there with you right sure sure, sure. I'm not some good like I'm doing this because I want to be better so the selfish part is are these are these beliefs supporting us in taking us where we want to go you know if I'm afraid to buy a second house because I think well maybe I'm just not going to do well next year well has that has that been the case in the past right 
you have to challenge, challenge, challenge these thoughts that are comfortable for you and they're typical for you and maybe culturally things that your family told you, but to really take your game to the next level, whatever your game is, you have to be able to take these beliefs and ask yourself, is this making me better to believe this? And if the answer is no, it's okay, man. That's the first step. So let's blow it apart. Let's make it better, right? Cause you're gonna, you have kickers all day long that have spent 900 hours punting or kicking a certain way, right? And you gotta come to them and say like, I got some bad news. <laughs> it's tough. We, gotta change, we gotta change one part of this, right? It's tough. It's tough, but you, you tell them at the end is the rainbow. And the, you're, you're in the same position, just in a different field, you know, as, yep. as you know, you know, if they put the walls down, they're receptive to change. They yep. take baby steps, right? Yep. They, they, they're okay with failing because people are going to make mistakes. People are going to go back sure. to old habits, right? That you can't, oh, wow, yeah. I think that's what I'm most guilty of is when I make them, when I trip up, slip up in anything, I, I beat myself up. Right. And that's tough. That's my thing. And I, I, I realize that, you know? Yeah. I'm just, you know, one parting thought that helps me a lot with sleep because I'm human and I have, you know, before I fly, I do this like pre-flight thing. Like I'm checking the airplane all night long. I'm literally getting less sleep than the pilot. It's like crazy. But um, I, I, I think of sleep as a relationship and I'm in a relationship with my sleep, just like any other relationship. It takes love and clarity and forgiveness. And we have to forgive ourselves if we have a bad night's sleep. But like any relationship, we have to respect it. And the next day we have to bring all the respect back to it and know that we're in a healthy relationship with sleep. And that's what you're trying to achieve. Just a healthy relationship. Nobody's perfect. Nobody wants to be perfect. I want to come on. And I think just while I remember this, my last thought is I'd love to also talk about maybe next time you come on the show, some things that people do throughout their day that are also probably not really letting them go to sleep later on. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like, and not just food intake and, and the obvious things, but, you know, maybe the supplements that they think that are um, inviting for the good sleep that we're talking about that really aren't. Um, I, I'd love to, I'd love that to be something you consider um, because I think that's going to be some questions that I receive from my athletes is, you know, is this okay to take? Is this okay? This is a NCAA approved substance. And you, you see some pretty interesting things that come across my, my email. And I don't know, you know, I, I would say no, <laughs> I'd say don't do it. Never heard of it, but uh, you're a doctor. So that's something I would like uh, you to think about uh, for next time. Definitely. I'm always here, Dan, you, you bring out the best in everybody and you certainly bring out the best in me. And I appreciate that grateful for your friendship um it means a lot to me and everyone here you know that you're able to share information i would i'd like you to share uh maybe a few ways as mentioned that, that people could get a hold of you um i know email is popular and maybe some social media yeah so my website is tracyshealthyliving.com i seem to have a uh the broken link this morning with the email so you can catch me directly at t davenport number 22 at gmail.com and you can find me on social um, at drink smoothies on Instagram if you want to message me there. But T Davenport number 22 at gmail.com. I'll get right back to you. Yeah. And when the episode drops, as always, uh, 
we're going to tag all your information as well. So um, cool, cool. thanks again. Uh, please give us a star. No, not one star. I think five will do a review. Maybe subscribe to the show, share it with a friend. Um, if you have questions related to the show, you probably know how to get a hold of me by now, but I'll give you uh, just, I guess, the easiest way is Twitter uh, at fourth down you. That's at four T H D O W N U. My website is fourthdownu.com. If you need to get a hold of me on Facebook and LinkedIn, I will say it's just simply Dan Lundy uh, at Dan Space Lundy, L U N D Y. Thanks again for joining us at Fourth Down Focus, presented by Bet Online. We'll see you next week with an exciting new guest. I hope 2021 is treating each of you well. And remember, in all things, give thanks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.